words. And, and I think for a lot of us, we don't, we don't really realize or recognize the power and the impact that our words have in life. And if we were to actually think about words, some of our biggest regrets have come from words that have been spoken to us or by us. Think about the words that you've maybe said to some other people that, or have been said to you. I don't love you anymore. Somebody's agreeing with that. <laughs> You're stupid. You'll never amount to anything. On the flip side of that, words that we've said or have been said to us have absolutely been life-changing. I love you. Will you marry me? <laughs> I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant again. I'm pregnant again. <laughs> some of that, that became negative for some of you right there. But those words have impact. We said this last week that the average person speaks between about 15 and 16,000 words a day. In other words, you have about 30 conversations every single day. And if you were to begin to package those conversations up and you were to put them in a novel and it would equal about over 365 days a year, it would equal out to 66, 800 page novels that you would write with your words every single year. That's a lot of like war and peace that we're writing with our words. And if, here's the question though, if somebody were to pull out those words or a book in that set of 66, would that set be life-giving? Would it be encouraging? Would it be loving? Would it be building? Would it be discouraging? Would it be negative? Would it be filled with bitter or hurt or anger or rage? And a lot of us, we just think that our words don't really have that big of an impact, but I'm here to tell you today that your words have way more power than you realize. And if, if, if we could recognize this year the impact that our words have, we would start to see how powerful and how great and how life-changing just a simple thing called our words can be in our lives. And there's a verse in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. It says, the tongue, meaning the, your words, have the power of life and death. And those who love it, well, eat its fruit. In other words, your, your words have the power to create some life. Your words have the power to create death. Your words have immense power in your life, whether you recognize it or not. In fact, if you were to look at that verse, you would all of a sudden realize that, that the very thing that we are created in, we are created in God's image. And if you think about God in the very beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created the land and the sea. He created every animal that's on the planet. He created trees and the birds of the air. He created the humans that are walking on this earth all through one mechanism through he spoke it into existence. And if we're actually created in God's image, could it be possible? Could it be that if we're made in his image, that the words that he's given us, he's given us immense power to create things with our words? Both life-giving and life-taking. It says, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. In other words, the words that you're speaking, you're actually creating a diet of. You're creating something that you're not only giving out, but you're consuming at the same time. 
and here's what I know about people that work out. If I were to ask a person that works out, like, hey, can I eat garbage all the time and then outwork that garbage that I'm eating? They, they, they tell you all the time, you can't out-eat or you can't outwork a bad diet. And a lot of us, what has happened in life is our words have become a terrible diet that is creating some destruction in our life. And the reality is, is that God wants to see something different in our lives. And last week, we built off this idea of where do our words come from, and our words start in our thoughts, and so I want to kind of build off that today a little bit. If you missed last week, I'd encourage you to go back, <coughs> excuse me, and watch online, but we, we started with this idea, if you think it, the things that are going through your mind, you'll end up being it. And so today, I want to add on to that, if you say it, you'll actually begin to see it in your life. Why? Because as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. That's the principle. If you think it, you'll be it. And if you begin to say it, if you begin to express the things that are in your heart, you'll start to see those things play out in your life. Why? Because your words have power. They have the power of life and death. In fact, James, the brother of Jesus, said it like this in James chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. He said, we can make a large horse go wherever we <coughs> Excuse me. Wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. A small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go. Even though the winds are strong in the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. And the world has been transformed by some grand speeches. You think about Martin Luther King in Washington going, I have a dream speech changed humanity. You think about JFK in the 60s, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country changed a generation. You think about Abraham Lincoln at the Gettysburg Address, 276 words that changed the direction of a nation. A guy before him got up and talked for four hours. How many of y'all are glad that that was only 276 word speech? Some of y'all are like, I would like you to be 276 words so we can get out of here. It's okay, we'll get to it. But something so small as a speech can have a grand impact. It continues to say, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire, meaning the tiniest of words can change everything. The tiniest of words, whether positive or negative, can have a dramatic change in your life. And so I wrote it down like this if you're taking notes. If you want to change the life you have, you have to change the words you speak. If you want to change the life that you're currently living, you have to begin to change the words that you speak. In other words, the declaration of your lips is determining the direction of your life. And if you want a different direction in life, you've got to make a different declaration. You've got to speak some things differently in your life. That's why all throughout the book of Proverbs, over half the book of Proverbs is talking about the words that we speak because it has so much power. If you look in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18, the words of the reckless pierce like swords. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. There's a contrast. Words pierce and words heal. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 4. The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. In other words, they give life or they take life. And all of us have had the benefit of positive words in our life, and all of us have had the destruction of some reckless words in our life. I remember when Shayla and I first got married. It was almost 20 years ago. It's been a long time. Um, and uh, Shayla, at the time, she had really, really long hair, like long hair down to the 
uh, middle or the bottom of her back. And, and so that's, that's how I saw Shayla. That's how I knew Shayla. Shayla with long hair, and she disappeared at one point one day. And, and she came home, and, and she likes to go to extreme changes in life. I don't know why that is, but it's what she does. That's why I love her, because she's extreme in things. She loves me extreme. She does makes extreme decisions. And so she came home, and she had, she had seen, like, a picture of, like, Rihanna back in the day and, like, shaved her head, like, the kind of like the buzz thing with this overwear. And she walked into our house, and I looked at her, and I said, what happens? <laughs> How many of y'all know that that was the wrong response in that moment? The correct response was, that looks great, babe. You can pull off anything. You are beautiful no matter what choice you make. Husbands, take note right there. That's, those are words that you say when she comes home with a new haircut. <laughs> Unintentionally, my words pierced. And a lot of us unintentionally, without even recognizing it or knowing it, or maybe we are intentionally, we are saying some words that are piercing. Like, let me just help some people out. Please don't ask a single person, why are you still single? It's piercing. Listen, we don't walk up to elderly people and go, why are you still alive? You wouldn't do that, would you? Because that's, that's, that's mean, it's hurtful. But to a single person, it feels the same way. And so we got to recognize that whether we're being intentional or unintentional, those words, they have power in them. They, have, they can be life-giving or they can be life-taking. And so every day we have choices when it comes to our words. And I just want us to do a little self-test here. Just thinking about our own words, especially the words that we're speaking to other people. Do we have a tendency with our words to be life-giving? What do I mean by that is loving, grace-filled, encouraging, building, edifying? Or do we have a tendency with our words to be life-sucking? Where we're demoralizing demeaning, negative, pessimistic. And here's the thing, that's the conversation we have with other people, but there's another conversation that we have and that's with ourselves. Because everybody has a conversation with other people, but we all have those conversations that happen in our minds. The the self-talk that happens within every single one of us. And so in your self-talk, are you life-giving? Are you building yourself up? Are you encouraging yourself? Are you telling yourself you're doing a good job? Or do you have a tendency to be life-sucking and always beating yourself up? Always telling yourself all the mistakes that you made. Always focusing on the negative aspects. And it's so easy to do. I, I know for me this was something I struggled with for quite a while, especially as I started to communicate and and what would happen is is it's easy for me to be really encouraging to you but it was really hard for me to be encouraging to me i look at everything i did and i would go tj you were so stupid in that moment like why would you say something that idiotic oh man you're you're terrible and what would happen is i would have all this negative self-talk inside of me without me even realizing it the words that I was speaking to myself were taking life. 
from me. And so many of us, we have this negative self-talk that is taking life from the potential of who we are. And so today I want to I address not only the words that we're speaking out, but the words that we're speaking in today. And, and, and I want to give us some practical ways of how do we fix that. And I want to give you a couple points, but I need you to understand that as your pastor, my goal for you is that you would know and love God deeply, that you would be growing in your faith in some incredible, incredible ways. But I also want you to know that deep does not mean hard to understand. This is important because the things that are deep in Scripture are not deep in Scripture because they are difficult to understand. They are deep in Scripture because they are hard to live out. The last thing I want for you to do is to walk out of a message at Coastal Community Church. I don't care if you walk out of a message in another place and say this, but at our church, the last thing I want for you to, to do is walk out and go, that was so deep. Like, that, that was like giving my mind, like, I'm, 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 I'm trying to follow that. See, that is not deep. That's called confusing. Not trying to be confusing here. Deep things of God are not hard to understand. They're hard to live out. And so I'm going to give you some very, very simple principles that are extremely deep for us to live out in our life. But they are so true. And if we can grab hold of these when it comes to the communication that is coming out of our lips and going through our mind, it will change everything. Number one, if you're taking notes today, which you should be, uh, is if you think something hurtful, swallow it. If you think something hurtful, just go ahead and take a big old gulp and swallow. In fact, Ephesians chapter 4 Verse 29 says, don't say anything that would hurt another person. I did a word study this week on the Greek of that word anything. Do you know what it means? It means anything. Super deep. So he says, don't say anything that would hurt another person. Instead, speak only what is good so that you can give help. That's important. Do you know that your words are supposed to give help? It says, give help Wherever it is needed, that way what you say will help those who hear it. Now, if you can apply this one principle to your marriage, to your parenting, to your career, to your relational world, it will radically transform your life. And it goes like this. If you can't say something nice. So you all have heard that before. It's not revelation to you. Anybody ever said that? Come on, raise your hands if you've said that before. I've said that. If you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. Some of you right now are elbowing your spouse. Yeah, if you can't say something nice, here's what you need to do. You need to turn that elbow around and give it to yourself. Give yourself a self-elbow because we're all guilty of saying some things flippantly or off the cuff or intentionally. in a moment, that are hurtful. And here's the principle that we all need to get. And I want you to practice it this week. Every time you want to say something hurtful, I just want you to physically swallow. Physically swallow. In fact, we need to practice right now just to make sure you're able to do it. On the count of three, we're all going to take a big swallow. One, two, three. Some of y'all, that was extremely hard for you in that moment. <laughs> but, but here's what I know. 
I just set you up to be really, really annoyed with yourself, but to help other people out. Because I guarantee what's going to happen is later on today, somebody's going to do something that's annoying to you. And immediately what you want to do is you want to tell them how you feel about that. And what you feel is probably hurtful, not helpful. And in that moment, what you're going to do is you're going to swallow. Why? Because Proverbs chapter 13, verse 3 says, Those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. Can I get an amen from the married people? If you're married, you know this is true. You're preparing for date night. You've got it all planned out. You're at home getting ready. Somebody says something in the household. And how many of you know? Because they open their mouth. They ruin the rest of that night. It's no longer date night. It is hate night. (laughs) If you're thinking something hurtful, swallow it. It's a simple principle, but it's a scriptural principle. And some of us, that's going to cause us to have a really, really quiet week this week. You're going to be at the office, and, and people are going to be over there. Blah, 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 blah. You know, they're just talking away, and they're going to be like, why isn't Jenny in on this conversation? Jenny, you're just going to be over there. <laughs> but you know what you're going to be? You're going to be more and more like Jesus this week. Right. And that is the goal. That is the goal. Number two. If you think something helpful, say it. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 24. Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweep to the soul, and healing to the bones. Notice what it does not say. It does not say good thoughts are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and healing to the bones. Notice what else it doesn't say. It does not say good vibes either. Which, by the way, I don't even know what good vibes is, but everybody seems to be giving them right lately. People don't need good vibes. You know what they need? They need good words. They need some good words that are a honeycomb, sweet to their soul and healing to the bones. And we get this opposite. If we think something hurtful, we say it. And if we think something helpful, we swallow it. We need to flip that script. If you see something good in somebody, say something. If you see something helpful, say it. I heard a pastor once say, he said, when you think of something helpful or nice of another person, don't rob them of the blessing by not saying it. Be a blessing. The words that you're going to speak in that moment could be sweet to their soul. Maybe their soul is in chaos, and that word that you're going to speak to them, man, is is, is the thing that calms the storm. What if that word that you speak is the very thing that heals the brokenness inside of them? Could it be that God wants to use your words to impact other people's lives? I submit to you that he does. So important. It's one of the reasons why if you walk in by me, I'm high-fiving. I'm looking for something good about your life. I want to compliment you. Oh, man, that's, that's good hair you have. Man, that's a nice dress. That's a lovely smile. Hey, dude, you're, are you losing weight? Like, I'm just trying to find anything because you've got enough people sucking life from you. You need some encouragement today. I don't know a single person that doesn't need some encouragement. Except for maybe Melissa, wherever she's at. She's right back here. She got, she got a lot of encouragement. But she, she still wants some more. Like, I, even the most encouraging person that I know on this planet still wants encouragement. Why? Because it's a desire within every single one of us. One of the things I do, in fact, it, it happened 
yesterday morning I was, I was praying and a, a guy's name popped into my mind and I started praying for him and I had some thoughts and, and, and I could have just gone, man, I, I did my duty. No, 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 I took out my phone, I texted him. It was like 6 in the morning, so I didn't want to call him. And, uh, and I texted him, hey, man, just praying for you this morning. Uh, I was thinking about you. God was telling me some things about you in, in a positive way. I just want to encourage you this morning. Two hours later, I get a text back from him. You have no idea what that meant for my life today. Man, if you think something helpful, say it. Man, as church people, let's be people who are the biggest encouragers and the biggest builders of people. Let's build people rather than tearing them down. People are getting torn down enough. Some encouragement in life. Number three, your self-talk is developing yourself. Your self-talk is developing yourself. See, for a lot of us, it's easy to encourage other people. We have a tendency to struggle with talking to ourselves. Listen, when you see something good about yourself, tell yourself, man, that's good. It's good. Good job. You're looking good. You're doing well. Listen, I do it to myself all the time. When you all aren't responding to me, I'll stop in the middle of it. I'll just have a praise break. Good job, TJ. That was awesome. (laughs) Why? Because I need to encourage myself. My self-talk is developing myself. And I can't always rely on you to give me what I need. i got to give me what I need because God has equipped me with a voice. He's equipped me with a mouth and he's equipped me with words that I can use to encourage myself. Listen, it's scriptural. It's biblical. David, in the middle of chaos, as people are coming after him, as Saul's coming after him, look throughout all the Psalms. What is David doing? He's encouraging himself over and over again. In fact, in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, he says this, But David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. Some of us need to learn how to encourage ourselves in God. And you need to start finding some things that you're making some progress in and speaking some life to you. In fact, it's not only scriptural, but it's, it's based in our identity of how God made us. I found this study by Stanford University. They were looking at people that had negative self-talk and positive self-talk. And they started analyzing them and watching them and researching them. And they found that people that were negative, when they were negative, what started happening In the neurons in their brain, is it started to shrink the hippocampus. It's the area of your brain that's critical to problem solving and intelligent thought. They basically said when you start to become negative, when you start to see everything that's bad in life, all of your critical thought and intelligent thought begins to leave. Which when it's a negative situation, what do you need? You need critical thought to be able to solve that situation. But the negative talk is actually diminishing your ability to be able to do that. Why? Because our words have the power of life and death. You're actually physically destroying an activity and function in your brain. They said on the flip side of that, when you begin to speak life to yourself, when you begin to encourage yourself, the hippocampus expands. Which means your ability to be a critical thinker. Your ability to solve problems all of a sudden becomes bigger. It's why positive people always find a way out. It's why negative people stay stuck in situations. Because we were designed by the creator of the universe physically, emotionally, spiritually to use our words in a way that creates life, not death. 
And sometimes you just got to find something that's going right and start to speak words. You go to the gym for the first time in 17 years, and you go pick up some weights, and uh, when you put it down, you notice, man, is that a tricep right there? (laughs) You start looking at that tricep, you start flexing a little bit, you're like, Hulk Hogan ain't got nothing on this tricep. Look at that, baby. Woo! You're like pointing, like trying to get people to notice. You see that? You see that whistle? Some of y'all, though, you would go, oh, that's a tricep. But look at all this fat down here. No. You got to encourage yourself. It's an important element. So I want to give you some homework today. I don't, I don't normally do this, but I think it's critical to this. First thing I want you to do is throughout this week, every time you want to say something this week, I, I want you to tag it with a line, and, it, and it's this. And that's the way I want it. So when you're talking to your spouse, when you're talking to your kids, when you're talking to your friends or your career, watch what it does. Man, we are so broke right now. And we've got more credit card debt than we know what to do with. And creditors are calling us like crazy. They're going to bury us. And that's the way I want it. See, some of you have no idea the words you're using. You're making a declaration right now in your life. Why? Because there's the power of life and death in your tongue. But what if instead you said, man, our credit card debt is getting pretty high, but we're going to have to make some changes to our spending. And we're going to have to begin to trust God and put him first in some areas of our life like we've never done before. And, we're gonna, we're, and as we do that, I believe that God has called us to be blessed. And the reason he's called us to be a blessed is so that we can be a blessing to others. And that's the way I want it. All of a sudden, you're starting to change the declaration of your lips. And it's starting to change the direction of your life. Some of you are like, man, my kids are crazy. I can't take them anywhere out in public because they ruin everything. And that's the way I want it. Some people that have been out in public with your kids are like, amen, brother. But what if instead you said, you know what, my kids might not always listen in the way that I want, but I'm training them in biblical principles. And the Bible tells me that if I'll train up a child in the way they should go, that at some point they will not depart from it. And I'm believing that God, while their ears may be blocked right now by some wax and some worldly noise, that the Holy Spirit is starting to move in there. And they're not going to listen on number five. They're going to start to listen on number one because that's the way I want it. See, here's the thing. You start to speak it. Here's what you're doing. You're going to start to believe it because faith comes by hearing. It's a declaration. Because if you begin to say it, you'll begin to see it. Have you ever noticed that people and things rise to the level of your expectation? That's a level of faith. You start changing the expectation. Oh, I'm from I'm broke to man, I'm going to be financially free. You start changing some of those words that are coming out of your mouth. And all of a sudden, things start changing in your life. And my prayer for us today is that we would pray the same prayer that David prayed. In Psalm 19, 14. May the words of my mouth, what's coming out of my mouth, and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Because some of you are thinking right now that God is after behavior modification. He's not after behavior modification. I don't want you to modify your behavior. I want you to get aware of your behavior. 
Because your behavior is a byproduct of your heart. See, if your heart's if you become aware of what's coming from your heart, that's coming out of your mouth, all of a sudden you'll start to go, no, 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 that's not the declaration I want. I want the meditation of my heart and the words of my lips to be in unison with what God says, that it would be pleasing to him, that it would, he would be my, my rock and my redeemer and my Lord of my life. As we start to raise that awareness, no more trash would come out of our mouth, but triumph would be coming out of our mouth. That we wouldn't be blasting people with our mouths, but we'd be blessing people with our mouths. That we wouldn't be sucking life, but we would be giving life. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Would you guys bow and pray with me? God, I thank you that you are a God that is all about the transformation of our heart. You're, you're, we talk a lot about our actions, but you're really about our heart. Our, our actions are just a byproduct of our heart. And here's what I know is there's a lot of people in this room that they've had a lot of negative talk spoken to them. They've had a lot of negative talk come out of their mouth. They've made a lot of declarations in life that have taken them down a path that they never intended to, to go down. Why? Because our words have the power in life and death. But here's what I know is that we can start declaring something different. We don't have to live under the bondage of the words of our past, but we can live in the freedom of the present because of what Christ did on the cross for us. That he made the ultimate declaration of freedom, of, of by his stripes we could be healed. We could be set free. We can live in the life that he has for every one of us, that life that is more abundant. And so maybe you're here today and, and you've never experienced the greatest declaration that there is. Just like the scripture in Psalms 19, 14, it says, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. Because God loved you so much, he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to come to this earth and die on the cross and rise again three days later so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. And he says this, he says, If you believe in your heart, the meditation of your heart, and confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord, then you will be saved then you will change direction in your life. And, and I believe that as we make that declaration, the ultimate declaration that it changes everything, and maybe you're in here today and you've never made that declaration, or maybe you made it a long time ago and you've gone off on some other paths, maybe today you need to refocus your life on that. Put, set, set your heart on that again. If that's you with every head bowed and every eye closed, man, we would love to pray with you. If you just slip your hand up at the count of three, I'm going to ask Pastor Josh to pray with you. One, two, three. Go ahead and slip your hands up. Yes. Anybody else? If you'll just pray this prayer in your heart as I pray it out loud. Say, Jesus, I need you. I ask you to come into my life and change me from the inside out. I recognize that I need you as my Lord and my Savior, and I invite you to be the path that I walk down for the rest of my life. God, I choose you today. Thank you for the sacrifice that Jesus made, and I thank you for the power of the resurrection. And Lord, thank you for an eternal hope and future that I have with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Were you guys encouraged by that message? Did you guys get some practical things?
you guys, this, there's a test next week, so the homework is is real. Don't don't think we're kidding. So, uh, man, I love this this last scripture that that we that we just read. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord. And this last part is critical. My rock and my redeemer, because man, I don't know about you, but like life life can be chaotic. Sometimes it, it feels like there's not much to stand on, but I promise you that God is our rock. He's that firm foundation that we can always rely on, and he's our redeemer. With the, with the enemy meant for evil, God can take and turn for good. So I hope you're encouraged today. Uh, man, if you made that decision today to, to follow Christ, we, we want to let you know we have ministry leaders every week uh, in a place called The Hub. It's right across from the coffee bar. We'd love to pray with you and give you a Bible and resource to you and just walk along with you in this journey. Why don't you guys stand as we get ready to go? And this is the time in our service where we just want to say thank you for, for all that you do to give here at Coastal. And, and there are a lot of ways to give and there are a lot of different reasons to give. You know, uh, we, there are so many things that you're giving impacts, whether it's at our care points in South Africa, whether it's fighting human trafficking or feeding a local family. We just want to say thank you so much for all that you do and all your generosity. It means the world to us. So let me pray for you guys as we get ready to go. Father God, we love you. I thank you for all these people in this room. And Lord, I pray over them this week that they would have an impact in their marriage, in their families, in their friendships with their coworkers. God, that people would look at them and see a difference.